Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest Hello, Peyton. Hello, Edwin. How are you today? I'm doing good, and... I'm doing even better because I have my Friday socks. You have your Friday socks on. I do. How about that? I believe last week I had Wednesday socks, but Friday I'll settle for because Andrew was here Wednesday. Yeah, Andrew got to wear Wednesday socks on Wednesday, so you're going to wear the Friday socks. That's I awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm just wearing my everyday socks. Man, I guess maybe I'll have better Bible comments than you today. <laughs> you probably will. Probably will. We're going to wrap up James chapter 2 today. I want to go ahead and jump in and read James chapter 2, beginning at verse 18. Really, really important paragraph, I believe. James two eighteen. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. That's the second time he said that. He said that in our reading yesterday as well. Mm -hmm. Faith apart from works is dead. What do you make of all that? Yeah, this is a carefully strained argument James is making, and I think if we're able to compare it with other passages, I think it's really good to understand each passage in its context. This one gets us really bent out of shape. I think in the larger religious world, there's some misunderstanding about what he's talking about because he's like, faith and works, that confuses us. And, and then that's understandable in some sense. What James is arguing here is, hey, if we are to have real faith, faith that saves, it's going to demonstrate itself in action. The, the example we used the other day, Thursday, it just showed that, Hey, if I'm saying I have faith in God, but I'm not showing that in loving someone else and giving what they need, my faith doesn't accomplish anything. That's the same thing he's arguing here, and he gives the example of Abraham. And I think that's really significant. In Romans, Romans, the book of Romans is argued, hey, we're all in this boat where we're all under sin. We're all in judgment before God, deserving of judgment, and we all need a Savior. Romans, as it unloads that argument, it actually references the example of Abraham, just as James did here. And Abraham in, in Romans chapter 4 and verse 22, Romans chapter 4 and verses 22, this is why faith was counted to him as righteousness, um, but the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also to who it will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead our Lord Jesus, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Don't miss what's happening here. Romans claims we're not justified by works. He's saying, hey, we're all under sin. We're all in need of a Savior. There's nothing that can merit my way to God. We needed faith. James takes this and says, hey, yes, we need faith. If we're going to be justified before God, we need faith. He agrees with that. But James is saying what that faith looks like is a faith in action. That's what James is arguing here. Does, does that make sense? Am I, am I confusing the waters here too much? Have I jumped in that too quickly, maybe? One of the problems 
I think we have today is believing that the Bible is full of technical terms. Mm. And by that, I mean the, the Bible has now been studied for thousands of years, centuries, uh, even now up to millennia. And with that, we have systemized things, we've created vocabulary, we've given definitions to words, and what often happens is we, we believe these terms have become technical terms, which in the literature always mean the exact same thing. So every time I see the word works, oh, that's the same thing. Uh-huh. And so one passage says, well, justified by faith and not by works. And now another passage says, justified not by faith alone, but by works. And I and I and my, my head explodes. Rather than realizing that folks, when they wrote the New Testament, they used language the exact same way we use language. Words have a spectrum of meaning. Words have different applications and different contexts. Paul in Romans, as you have accurately pointed out, has a different context, a different point that he's driving home than James is having here in James chapter two. Mm-hmm. I think you're accurately pointing out there in Romans, he's dealing with folks who are wanting to follow the law, wanting to perform works of the law. In fact, not just necessarily works of the law, but works of law in general, whatever law you might come up with, whereby I save myself because I have worked my way into salvation. Mm-hmm. And he's saying it's not like that. We are saved by faith. Even in Romans, though, it begins in chapter 1 and ends with Paul saying that he is trying to call them to the obedience of faith. Mm -hmm. And even there in Romans chapter 4, he calls the people to walk in Abraham's footsteps of faith. Mm -hmm. Even that faith in Romans included obedience and included a walk. So even there, his faith includes actions, which is how James is using the word work in his letter. Yeah. So so I think you're absolutely right in the different contexts with the different points. He's using these words, but they're not technical words that every time I find them in the Bible mean exactly the same thing. We have to read in the context. James is talking about people who somehow want to separate action out from faith, want to separate working out from faith. He's not dealing with people who are trying to work their way into heaven. Mm-hmm. He's dealing with people who are trying to say, well, I believe, doesn't matter. I don't have to do anything. I heard. I've heard it. I believed it. We're good. He's he's carrying on that message. It's not hearers only, but it's doers of the word. And this the religion is only pure and undefiled when you're doing it. And the faith is only living when you're doing it. Mm-hmm. I think you're absolutely right in bringing up that distinction. Okay. And Romans actually brings up a little bit more of that distinction. These There seems to be some people who not only think they can be justified by law, but these other people who think, well, we've got grace and we've got faith in God, so that means we can do what we want. Mm. Well, even even Romans isn't arguing that. That's Romans right. chapter 6 says, okay, yes, you've been freed from this relationship, this this um, reign under sin where sin was this oppressive, cruel ruler, and you couldn't escape. Now you've been freed from that, but that doesn't mean you're free to do whatever you want. Right. You actually have to sever your relationship with sin. You have to continue living in a different way, presenting yourself as instruments to God. We actually talked about that yesterday. Right. Um, and so even Romans is bringing that out. So lest there be any confusion. Yeah, James and <laughs> James and Paul don't contradict. No. This no, concept, there are some who try to present that there were two different Christianities growing at the same time. No. And Paul's... 
Paul's Christianity was, was ended up becoming dominant. It's just not true. Paul and James, they agreed on these things. Mm-hmm. Writing into different contexts caused them to use words in different ways that applied to the context to which they were writing. And that's the thing that we have to keep in mind. I know that's not easy. Bible yeah. study is not supposed to be easy. This idea that God gave us the Bible to spoon feed us is just not true. Really? He gave us the Bible for us to study, for us yes, to work yes. at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know you were saying that facetiously. I appreciate that. <laughs> yes. <I was. laughs> but uh, it, it is, yes, it does take work. Mm-hmm. And we have to study and compare. And this is one of those places. But what James says, and I do think we need to recognize this. A huge doctrine in mainstream Christianity today, even evangelical Christianity today, even what people want to call fundamentalist Christianity today, is the statement that we are saved by faith alone. Mm -hmm. I want to be very blunt. There is only one place in all the New Testament that talks about anything happening by faith alone. It's only one place where we find those words, faith alone, and it's here in James. You got me on the edge of my seat. (laughs) (laughs) It's here here in James, where James says, we are justified by works and not by faith alone. Mm, What folks want to do as they come to this is, oh, well, this is talking about being justified before men, not before God. Mm. That completely misses the context. This whole thing started where James asked, what if a person says, I have faith, but I don't have works? Will that faith save me? Mm -hmm. We're talking about a saving justification, not not having a reputation, me having a reputation in front of you or vice (laughs) versa. It's not showing myself as faithful to you. It's it's not me justifying myself before men. It's God justifies, but he justifies those who have an active working faith, not those, as you pointed out in previous conversations, have a passive, I'm just going to declare the promises of God rather than actually doing something. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting, too. Some of the examples James brings up to nail on this point, maybe you expect Abraham because mm. Abraham's this man of faith, right? I mean, that's expected. Even to the people who's writing these 12 tribes and the dispersion, these Jews scattered abroad. Oh, yeah, we know Abraham. Abraham was a great guy. He had faith in God. They wouldn't disagree about that. He brings up Rahab. Yeah. <laughs> he brings up these demons who believe. Mm. Why don't we get into that for a minute? Because <laughs> I'm just throwing those in there. Yeah. So are you asking me to comment on them? Yes. I okay. Would. All right. First of all, I think the 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 really important point about Rahab is we show Abraham, who is father of the Jews. And of course, Paul, when he talks about Abraham, talks about him as the father of all who believe, Jews and Gentiles. As James is talking about this, he gives us a Jewish example and a Gentile example. Mm -hmm. Rahab was a Gentile who was justified. As the Jews looked at her, she was actually brought into the family of God, into the people of God, because she acted on her faith. So here is a Jew who walked by faith, who worked faith, Abraham. Here is a Gentile who works faith, whose faith works, and therefore is saved and delivered. And that applies to us as Jews and Gentiles. But you also asked about the demons. Yes, I And that's did. an interesting one. I, I will have to tell you, I am in two minds on the demons. Okay. And I'm not sure which one James is actually saying. Well, why don't I tell you what I think? Okay, you tell, you tell me. All right, you tell me. You tell me your opinion. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so what I think James is arguing here is, hey, look at the demons. You understand they believe. They shudder before God. They tremble before this God. They understand who he is, at least in part. And actually, in times of Jesus' life, they did say, you're the son of God. Well, don't don't tell anyone. They understood who he was. They had faith in him. 
but it wasn't a faith like he's arguing. He's like, well, yes, even the demons believe. Yeah. In some sense, they believe. I think what James is trying to do here is like, it's not enough for me to say I believe. Mm-hmm. The demons believe, of course they do. But that doesn't drive them to action, to submit to submission and obedience before God. That's, mm-hmm. no, that, that's not real faith. So that's here's not. a faith that's a mental assent, that's an agreement to facts, but they're not doing anything with exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's certainly, that's, that's one of my strong possibilities that he's even talking about. It. You can have a demonic faith, a faith that agrees, a faith that will declare, a faith that will confess, but a faith that won't do. It doesn't change their lives. I think that's a very strong possibility. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I often think about when I get here is that James might be talking about the nature of faith that, look, when you really have, when you have faith, it causes something. And what did it cause in the demons? Well, it didn't cause obedience, but it did cause them to shudder in fear. Mm. They, they had, they believed. And so I wonder, is James saying that if you have a mental ascent like the demons, but don't obey like the demons, well, you'll be like the demons. Huh. Strong possibility. Yeah. Or is he pointing out that, look, even with demons who have this really terrible, rotten, awful faith, it causes them to do something. <laughs> it causes them to shudder in fear. Yeah. Now, obviously, that's not a saving faith, Mm-mm. but but faith prompts an action yeah. in them. Yeah. And look, you're, you're, you're actually claiming to be a believer and a follower of Jesus, but it's not prompting anything in you? Uh, you're worse than the demons, <laughs> because even the demons at least shudder yeah. in fear. You actually think you're okay with this crazy limited faith. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you're not you're not like the demons. You're worse than them. I, so I, I'm not sure which of those two it is. It kind of depends on the day you ask me. You're asking me here on Friday. I might agree with you more today. Ask me again tomorrow. <laughs> but <laughs> I'll, I, I'll I, do that. I think there's one. Of, I think it's either one of those possibilities. Either one of them gets back to you don't actually have faith. If you're not doing something, your faith is dead, it is useless, it doesn't save you, it doesn't justify you, it doesn't do God any good, and it doesn't do you any good, and it doesn't do anybody else any good, if your faith is not prompting you to act and work. Uh-huh. And I, go ahead. Oh, if we we're do just, need to wrap up here quickly, so be quick. Exactly. So if we're just bringing this to conclusion, we, ask, we need to ask ourselves if we're taking this text, do we have a faith like Abraham? If we don't see ourselves as great people of faith, do we have a faith like Rahab? Do we have a faith that puts itself in action, expresses itself to God as a saving faith? That's what James is asking here. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to be meeting on Sunday. Would love for you to join us if you're in the Tampa area. We're going to be worshiping God and edifying one another. You can go to christiansmeethere.org to find out all the details about that, times and location. We'd love to see you. I'm going to wrap this up with prayer. Holy God, thank you so much for the action that Jesus took going to the cross to die for us, to save us. We believe, we believe that Jesus is Lord, that he is King, that he is Savior, and therefore we surrender ourselves to you. We have been baptized into him, and we are continuing on, striving to walk with pure and undefiled religion, with faith that is active and working, living, not dead. Forgive us for the times that we've let our faith lie fallow. Help us to grow, to have living, active, working faith. Through your son Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at ChristiansMeetHere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. 
Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.